Welcome to another episode of Michael Craver Presents, available on iTunes and iHeartRadio. If you got Podbean, you might have the app. You know it'll be on Pandora before you know it. I think uh, it's also on tap to be on Spotify. But uh, wherever you might be listening, if you want to subscribe, you want to share it, you want to be um, part of the crew. You know, I do have a few the folks who write me and and send in emails and. I love hearing the feedback. Um, sometimes people will be telling me they're playing it. Somebody else is in the room. They had something to say. So it's wonderful to hear that there's uh, people who are being entertained. Uh, either way, as I told, uh, his name was Mr. Fortune. I will not give away full names on this podcast, but this young man was working with me at Domino's, and he looked very much like... Mario, and this was back in the days of MySpace. So, um, I was walking in from one of the deliveries, and I had manipulated an image. You know, back in the day, I think it was uh, Microsoft Paint, so it, MS Paint was what I had on uh, Windows. And uh, since Josh looked like Mario, I took Mario's head off of wherever I found it on the internet, and you had to cut it and paste it, and. Uh, I shared it with somebody, and this was back before smartphones, and we were at work the next day, and we had quietly, before he ever got there, I was walking in, I was clogging in, I'll never forget that, old old Hobbs, he turned around, Hobbs is uh, the main character in The Natural from 1984, Robert Redford, and those of you who love baseball movies, you might wonder, where where is he going, he started like four different stories here, I always talk like this. I may start five different things. They all may pace at a different level, but they will all wrapped up together. And you'll, you'll get the picture. Like a spider's web. Each little piece doesn't mean all that much on its own, but together, it's a very intricate structure. It's a trap I'm getting ready to catch you in. You know what I mean? So I have made fun of Mr. Fortune. I have shared this image of Mario with Mr. Hobbs, who is one of our shift managers. This kid was 19. I think I was 24 at the time or something. And I come into work and I'm clocking in. And somebody said, hey, hey it's Graver. And I said, hey, what's up? It was Nick. And I said, hey, big brother. I used to call Nick Big Brother. My brother's name is Nick. He's actually my little brother named after St. Nicholas, the uh, Santa Claus. So I said, hey, Nick, what's going on? And Hobbs, <laughs> he was standing behind me. He says, hey. I said, what's up, man? He said, it's a me, Mario. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> we're all, there's only four or five of us in on the joke. Okay, so we're laughing. And a little bit later in the night, <sighs> Mr. Fortune came in. Ironically enough, karmatically enough, whatever it might have been. I don't know if it's the forces of the universe or he's just late. But he shows up wearing sandals, and no other restaurant would have allowed this, but we did. And so he shows up in his shorts, his sandals, he throws his shirt on out of the dryer, because Domino's a lot of times has the washer and the dryer do uniform. So here's old Fortune, he's throwing his stuff on, he comes out there and he's making pizzas. and It's slowing down, so he's making the last one. And we're all going to head outside, they're going outside to smoke. I don't smoke, but I'll listen to him shoot the shit, right? And so, I will um, be heading outside right after them. And I cannot remember exactly what triggered it. But um, somebody picked up a mushroom off a pizza 
and threw it at him and hit him. And it bounced off of him. He was like, what are you doing? And they were like, hey, look, Craver, <laughs> you lied to me. I threw a mushroom. I hit him. Nothing happened. <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? And we're all looking at each other like we're waiting all the way. What's it going to be? It's obviously going to be some Super Mario Brothers. Like he gets the mushroom, he powers up, right? Whatever. And I said, Josh, you're supposed to puff up, man. You know, just like a Mario. <laughs> he was like, what? And so <coughs> they told him about the joke. I'm all choked up thinking about it. They told him about the joke. They said, yeah, they said, Michael took a picture of you and on MySpace and Mario's head, you know. And he was like, what the? What? I said, well, it was it was too funny to, to, to not tell this you know, thing to other people. Like, I noticed something that I thought was ironically funny as an observation about the world. I could have kept it to myself, and I would have been riding down the road. Everything that I think is funny that I say out loud, I would say it to myself and laugh without you. Make no mistake about it. If this podcast didn't exist, I would still think these things, uh, whether they would get written down on, on these legal pads or whether I would say them in the car or maybe to one person, right? Maybe maybe to my my big brother up in uh, Livonia, Michigan, uh, Mr. Johnny B. Uh, I would say them to somebody who may or may not appreciate them because there's so many inside jokes between the things that I write, the places I've been. There's all these code words, like being British, all right? So I, I don't mind saying stuff like that to, to folks because every now and then you, you want to say something that's going to be entertaining, and this guy, Marcus, that worked with me at a different restaurant for, for Brinker, is what I'm going to say. If you know what Brinker is, great. So Marcus is working with me. Marcus doesn't have uh, cross eyes. He's got like one of the, I don't know if you call that a lazy eye or what the technical term is, but one of his eyes is looking you, it's looking dead ahead. The other one's looking off to like three o'clock or off to the side, you know. And, and he ain't going to control over that. Marcus knows this. And, and I know that like I've got a terrible, um, mouth that just keeps right on running and a lot of times I have a terrible sense of humor or at least timing or whatever when it comes to being sensitive for people which is something I'm going to talk about later but uh, Marcus was getting on to me about some kind of football and I was like yeah man what do you think about this and he's telling me and I don't care about football quite honestly but I'm listening to him as as a man to man because I'm giving the guy a chance to be heard I'm not doing anything else right now so I'm being his little wall for him to throw the you've been out where you by yourself, you got a baseball glove and a tennis ball, you gotta find a wall to bounce stuff off, play catch with yourself. I'm playing catch with Marcus. I'm catching for another man. Alright, forget I said that. Well, anyway. God, that was rough. Um so uh God, I feel like something hit me now. Anyway, so Marcus is standing there and he's bouncing off something about football with me. Yeah, you you know they traded so and so, and I was like <laughs> I don't know who these people are. I don't watch football. These guys hitting each other in the head, cracking their skulls, having dementia before they turn 60 years old. These guys are destroying their brains, and they end up, a lot of times, uh, having issues with their family, with reality, with uh, stress disorders, with neurological problems. That just they, It ruins your life to play football, especially at a competitive level. So he's talking to me about football. I'm listening. All right. And... I said, all right, man, whatever, whatever. And I said something to kind of irritate him before I left because a lot of times I do things when we're in a restaurant to, to perk people up. People that are mad work harder. They clean harder. They want to go home. 
You want to see people that work around you uh, speed it up a little bit, piss them off. Piss them off. So Marcus is um, raising his voice. And I walked out from the prep area around the expo line is where they serve all the food. If you've never been in the back of a restaurant, expo line is where the different folks who are working in the kitchen put the plates together and then they set them on the expo line. Uh, basically like uh, a mailman puts your mail in the mailbox, and then some server is going to take it and deliver it to a table. Right. And Julian, Mr. Julian, he looks across at me, and he, he says, well, what was that all about? What you got Marcus all pissed off about? I said, oh, Julian, you wouldn't believe this, but somebody had a different opinion than me. Well, imagine Michael Craver with a different opinion than everybody else. I just, I don't know how to describe it, Julian. Tell you what, think of it this way. Me and Marcus just didn't see eye to eye with each other. And he looks, he looks at me like he, he's like, there's, oh shit. He said, there's something wrong with this statement. Then he thought about it, then he pictured it, and then he's, oh my lord. Making fun of this man's vision. I'm. I, we didn't see eye to eye. It's, it's an ironic statement. I didn't mean any offense to Marcus. I mean, me or, I, I, to the best of my knowledge, we're on. Have always been on good terms. And anybody who thought something different of that situation would have been wrong. Or you're two men like out on the basketball court. You suck, man. And you, he's bullying him. No, we're just talking trash. We're playing like anything that's done in the heat of a competitive environment where you know, everybody sort of uh, is looking at it. In this trash talking, look, man, good game, bam, let's go have some beers or something. That's how men can be a lot of times, stereotypically. Now I'm sure that there are, you know, every, all people of all demographics, and that's my word for the census or any sensitive words you might have. Where how come he don't use slang and refer to people by slurs and stuff? You're not gonna hear that from me. I just say we're from different demographics, and it covers everything. What a wonderful tool language is. Now I don't have to say anything derogatory about you. Hi, I'm Michael Craver. Yes, this, this here is Dr. Martin Luther King. Now me and Dr. King, we do not get classified by the census in the same demographical categories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what's he saying? I'm just saying we don't get looked at the same. People put us into different columns and they try to do all this crap to divide us, quite frankly. Oh, you're this ethnicity and gender and income and all right and there's this many percent of these people in the united states who cares who cares you know what does all of that crap matter like you count heads duck duck goose one two three four and you go all the way around all right and then you know everybody's uh, accounted for and if you need that for tax purposes or to count votes or for some sort of number you know you just want to know what the population is great why do you need to know how many other people there are of different i don't know when I've been working in restaurants, they come back to the back. They go, what's the menu count? Now, the menu count means the number of people who have not placed an order. It's not in the computer yet. All right. But suppose I said, well, the menu count is X number of people that fit this demographic. X number of people that fit this demographic. Why? What? What? Why does that matter? And it's never mattered. When you're at Carowinds and you're standing, or whatever your theme park might be, I don't know where if you're listening to this podcast around the world, thank you. You're at your favorite theme park, you're in line for the roller coaster, you're 10th in line. Does it matter what the 10 people in front of you are? No. Stuff like that doesn't matter. Acknowledge people, as I've said in so many of my podcasts, you know, the open door. 
you know, fist bump them, say hello. When I'm jogging down the road, I'm always throwing a thumbs up out or something. Number one, I want the car to see me and not run me over. And two, I'd like for them to feel acknowledged. I am using their road and they're having to avoid me and avert their path for me. And I'm trying to be appreciative of that and, you know, acknowledge them. Hey, you're, you're moving around me. Thank you for not ending my life. And so, you know, the more that I look at things like that, like what I was doing to Mr. Fortune, uh, yeah, I took an observation about something. And then I turned it into something funny. And will other people call him Mario? Sure. Hey, Josh, we all love Super Mario. He's still big today. They're still doing him at the conventions. You know, that's what's the derogatory thing there? Well, you, you, right. Now you're having, and this is where we're going to have this discussion about you having a negative image about yourself because I have given you the praise of a pop culture icon and you think it's some kind of knock on you. I don't feel sorry for whatever your mindset is and I don't envy it, that's for sure. Because at the end of the day, when someone is paying attention to you, and they're doing something that involves you. If it's with your image, if it's sharing something. They could be sharing something derogatory about you. A lot of people believe that. There's no news is bad news, whatever, right? If you're calling me up, let's say, hypothetically, you just decide to start texting my number or Facebooking or whatever, and you're antagonizing me, I look at, I'll be very, very clear with you. I consider that flattering, and you're using your time on me. There's no other way you're going to get that time back. There's no way to get it back, right? You're spending that time on me. You're devoting, and you're making an investment in part of your life with me. Thanks. Now, if I decide I'm going to say something that's pretty harsh to you, yeah, maybe I don't appreciate you wasting my time or using my time. I've always said I don't want to use terms like I don't care or wasting time. But let me, quite frankly, if you're distracting me, there's a good way of saying it, um, then we need to have a discussion. What I was doing with Josh, no one distracting him. He's parking the room up. We're all carrying on. Now we've got an inside joke. Now he is defined by his nickname or whatever it might be. And now somebody else, you know, they're next in line. We got him. All right, now, we don't, now we're not going to get him again. It's like coronavirus. You got it. Now you're not going to get it again. You know, I just... There's so many things, like, that people just don't look at the idea that if you get given a nickname or you become notorious for something, especially if it's, like, something flattering. You know, if you... Like, they used to call me 5-0 because I'd been in law enforcement. Oh, 5-0! Okay, all right. What does that mean? Well, you know, nah, I don't know. But that's the art of having been in wrestling as well. Like, you know, when people, when they do something in your direction and they expect to have you give a favorable, you know, they expect some sort of a reaction. And you don't give them anything. We call that no selling, right? You, you don't pay attention to it. It didn't happen to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm okay with it. Well, people will go away. Because it does, they're not being entertained by your reaction. And you've got to remember that. Because when there's times that people are antagonizing you, whether it's in your, you're a pretty person and you're in Facebook DMs or wherever, Instagram or whatever it might be, right? 
people are going to be giving you a hassle. They might take and, and try to take something you did and try to, you know, screenshot this and go, hey, look at this guy. Hey, thanks. Y'all like me. Follow me. Here's where I'm at. That's what's up. But what do you... Don't you care about their... I care that they spent their time on me. But it, you have to be the one to value their opinion or, or at least to observe it. I don't look at it in terms of, like, some wonderful thing that someone took the time to try to suppress me or shame me or whatever it might have been that to me is just saying to me that they didn't have anything better to fill their time with they chose me i was the best purpose of their time thank you hopefully i can be the best purpose of your time appreciate it very very much i wrote this quote down that i I gave somebody the other day i said um they said when someone does things that is hurtful they're saying them out of their own fears Hmm. And I said, it doesn't have anything to do with you because that's their words, but it doesn't define your qualities. Hmm. You notice that, right? People say things to you, it doesn't define who you are. That's just them being themselves. And it's quite, (coughs) frankly, one of these ugly things where people have a negative approach to the world or they have an unfavorable or, let's say, an unsavory approach to the world. And I just, like, I can't for the life of me embrace where they're coming from with the anger, with the hatred. Um, It's just ugliness. And um, I just, do you feel like when people are saying things to you in the Facebook comments and things of that nature, that those are the words and the things that are going to define how people look at you? If you were to give an opinion and someone else comes back and they say, oh, look at this. Look at how wrong you are. Everybody's going to laugh at you. Do you feel like that's a, you know, an important crossroads in your life where someone said something back to you and you're going to end up being a person who hates themselves, cuts themselves, what do you call that, a masochist or whatever, where you're cutting yourself and stuff like that? Um... I just, like, for the life of me, can't think that anybody can get, um, I don't know, like, how can you get very far in life if you're always hung up on what everybody else is going to say back to you? Perhaps you've thought far ahead of time and you've, you've looked at the numbers or you've looked at, you know, whatever information to form your, the structure behind your words or people call them your opinions. All right, so do you feel confident in that? Say, yeah. Well, then say it. Now, maybe you don't have the most, you know, your information is, is only half or it's not current. Could happen. It doesn't mean that you didn't try. And if you're certainly willing to learn from whatever more efficient or up-to-date information people give you, then you're not losing out on anything by initiating an exchange. And if, if they improve whatever your information was, no matter how derogatory they try to do it, you now have the same information as them. Now they don't have a leg up on you. Oh, but you... Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't know that before. You didn't either when you found it out, dumbass. Now we're equal. We were equal to begin with. You just happened to have this random thing that I didn't have. Now we both got it. Okay, cool. Are we on the same team? Uh, well, you know, and it, it's people who are not going to say yes are just 
idiots. You're from the same species. You're obviously operating in the same spaces. Why not work together? Don't be foolish. Make a friend out of the deal. You know, perhaps you, you know, what if there was an extreme case? You got into an auto accident with somebody. Hmm. Oh, this car gets hit. Oh, oh, both of you. You're distraught. Um, let's say it happens middle of the night, like when I'm recording this podcast. Car gets hit in the middle of the night. You're distraught. They're distraught. Cars are destroyed. You don't even speak to each other. Just roaming around. Just, oh my God, what happened? and here comes a passerby all right and they're gonna call the cops and they're gonna try to get things uh you're gonna get somebody come out there and have a look at this crime scene oil traffic accident right and ooh, that evan williams honey and here comes you know everything that goes along with it there's gonna be reports there's gonna be he said she said somebody's gonna have to pay Hopefully somebody's, you know, everybody's covered with insurance and all that stuff. Now, do you hate the other person because there was an accident? Hopefully not. Maybe you even, let's say ironically you were Facebook friends or something like that and you hit each other. Mm. And so you don't know it. You're, you don't find out till later. They give you the... Um, I guess they call it a contact sheet. You know, like when you, you exchange information, you bump into somebody's car in the parking lot, you're going to write something down and, and leave information for them to be able to contact you because, you know, the responsible person wants to fix it, right? All right, so uh, between the authorities, they give you a contact sheet. Everybody's got their information on both sides. Whoever's at fault, right, then they're going to start arguing it out between the insurance companies. And I think to myself, well, what if you find out, you look at their name, you go... Let's punch their name into social media. <gasps> They're my friend. What the heck? I'm going to say hello to them. Now, you you just, you, you just totaled your cars in the middle of the night. What do you say to this person? You know. And of course, if you know me, you're like, well, Michael, think of something to say to him. Yes, I would think of something to say to him. I call her my soulmate, my best friend. She she runs a um, an aesthetic salon, and and it, and has been successful, especially for the amount of time she's put into it. Has a lot of training. Uh, I can't remember. She's she has spent a lot more money in training than a lot of people spend in in semesters of, of college uh, to learn all these. I can't describe the skills involved, but it's it's stuff I couldn't do. And and it's it's admirable if you if you understand the I guess the mechanics behind it and the science behind all of that stuff it's it's difficult um, to say the least and and anyway she um, is one of the strange people who will you know ask me for advice every now and then or hey uh, I'm gonna write this thing in my email can you help me out. Yeah, I write great stuff, and I'll write something, and I'll lay it out there for her, and she goes, eh, that's not how I would have done it. Right? Because how you're going to talk is not how I was going to talk. It's just a suggestion. You know, I gave her whatever information I had, and then she added it to the information she had, and then it went from there, just like some guy who's correcting you. Except this is a team effort. <gasps> We're on the same team, you know? 
what was it she asked me for? She said, um, she said, oh, okay, this girl wants to do a wedding and such and such, and she's trying to reschedule something. I hate when people reschedule stuff. I hate when people reschedule stuff, too. Just keep your damn commitments, you know what I'm saying? And so she said, well, what can I say to her? I said, here's what I would say if you're just scheduling a wedding. And I just started rambling off the top of my head. It was something along the lines of, you know, I, I really appreciate your business. I hope that I can contribute to this very special time in your life. And b- to be quite frank with you, I'd love to help shape anybody else's experience that wants to use any of my services. Recommend them. Drop my number. Tag me on social media. Tell them to ask any questions they have. I'll even recommend other people if they need other services that I don't provide. Right? I'd love to be here and show all the support I can for your commitment uh, to this young man and and you're going to have a happy life together i'm going to help you get it off on the right foot bam that's how i speak right it's all this structure and all this other crap right and she she just she kind of turns to me and says i would never say that (laughs) i said i "I know i knew when i started saying this this is not what you say Uh, but you know i I don't have any problem with that, especially the people I care about and I love so much. You know, we we have all kinds of heated debates. I I can tell you, my mother, as I've got this is so funny that I've got all of this stuff written down. I'm not using any of these notes. My mother was having a discussion with me because, and I'm gonna see if I can bring it up while I'm talking to you here. We were having a discussion about uh, employment and and the future and who's going to. Um, do what, and, you know, my, my brother was thinking about making some changes, and other people, and so forth, right, and so I was talking to her, I said, you know, I, she said, you put a LinkedIn, and Indeed, and Monster, and I said, yeah, I said, I've got my profile on this stuff, she said, oh, yeah, I've seen your Indeed, that's what it, I'm, I'm sorry, I've seen your LinkedIn, I'm, I've got the website right in front of me, and I can't get it right, this is what my uh, let's. Is it still on here like that? It said something along the lines of. Um, let me see if I can go down. Nah, it's not. It's not on here anymore. Uh, it used to be uh, written that it was maintaining the. Yeah, I guess I changed it. But it used to say maintaining the centrifuge of a... Now, she said a centrifuge. A centrifuge is the machine... It is. It's the machine that mixes blood before they can test blood or whatever. It's, 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 it's very specific. I said, no, it's the process. And it is. It's, it's how, how they also homogenize milk. But I was saying that I maintain the centrifuge, this wonderful thing where all of the people in the kitchen come together to do this customer service and run all this food and all this stuff, right? And so... That was the whole point, was to um, just have some crazy word like that. That's why I picked it. I'm maintaining the centrifuge. And she, she said, I don't understand it. And so I, then I started explaining. I said, here's why it's a centrifuge, and this, that, and the other. And if you've listened to me, you know, I, I, can, I can make you believe something that may or may not be plausible but that's part of me having a great sense of humor you always want to set stuff up so it seems very believable before you deliver the punchline right well this was not the case with my mother 
And if she's hearing this, you know, I I don't have any. I hope she doesn't have any ill feelings. I I didn't necessarily try to give her an unhealthy uh, blood pressure condition. <laughs> she's, I just that's not what a centrifuge is. I said it is. You're, it's it's blending everything together. It's what happens at the expo line. The kitchen's coming here. The orders are coming from the other side. The open menu counts. The food is run. Quality happens in this moment in this space. All right. That's a centrifuge. And she said, oh, you make me feel like an idiot. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? I think I just gave you a really bullshit story. <laughs> you should be over here telling me to you know, get my head on straight and stop lying to people. Now, I don't know. You probably would believe that, you know, you know but I'll, I'll tell you. There's been other instances in the kitchen. Here, this is on these papers somewhere. I'll cross it off later. Where somebody came back to the kitchen. Nicole, great friend of mine I work with now. All right. Um, hopefully she's listening. Maybe she'll get a kick out of this. She came back to the kitchen. She says, my table needs uh, blue cheese with their salad. They can't have ranch. Michael's got to ask. It ain't my table. Whatever. But I got to ask. Why can't they have ranch? She says, well, they got a dairy allergy, you know, and I said, a dairy allergy? Well, then they can't have a salad. You know, they grow the lettuce with cow shit. And she, she just walked away, and, and my, my general manager, who I, I have great affection for, Mr. Scott, he says, Michael, just, just stop. He's got the best expressions. I love it. Just stop. <laughs> I said, no, man. They can't have nothing. Got coming. Nothing came out of the ground can, can go to a table with a dairy allergy. They grow up with manure. I'm telling you. And he just, he said, you're too much. And he's being as kind as possible. He's laughing too, but he, you know, he ain't supposed to, to allow that kind of disruption at this quality place that we work. And I understand that, but at the same time, I'm trying to give you food for thought. Now, the Brinker version of that, and this happened in 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 my friend's store, Mister Mister Dejin, Mister Mister Fuji. I'll call him for this podcast. Mister um, Fuji is not there that day. He's not running shift, but Big Cal is. And one of the servers walks back into the kitchen and says, "Hey, that Sunrise Burger. They can't have any cheese on it because they got a dairy allergy." I said, "Well." You're not doing all of your homework because you obviously don't know that there's more on that sandwich that has to do with the dairy allergy. She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, it's a Sunrise Burger. It's got cheese and it's got an egg. Eggs are in the dairy section. Can't have it. Dairy allergy. This sparks an entire debate throughout the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can't have no egg. Somebody's like, yeah. Well, they could have. Are they allergic to egg? I just said they're allergic to dairy. Oh, okay, well... (laughs) And so they're going back and forth. Big cow. He walks back there. He's he's got an imposing figure to say the least. And he's he's a former military MP. He's got a um, MBA, Master of Business Administration, I think, from the Bryan Business School in, in Greensboro. And he walks back there and he looks at him like very matter of fact. He says, "What's going on? Hey, they got a dairy allergy. They can't have no cheese. Can they have egg?" He said, "Of course they can. It's a different animal, you dumbass." I just tapped him on the arm and walked away. And he turned and he looked at me as I was walking away. He said, you did this, didn't you? <laughs> I 
said, yes, I did. Mr. Coward, I, I certainly did instigate this. And dairy allergies. You can't have no nothing in the dairy section. No yogurt, no eggs, no orange juice, whatever. And so it was it was quite comical to me because I thought to myself, I have I have pulled one over on this crack team of people that I work with. But I always think that when you do that, you're enabling them to learn something and then to look at everything with structure, right? Oh, now somebody says we got a dairy allergy. What? Yeah, so we got to think about this. Is there dairy, is there milk and egg in this? Yeah, they can't have the tempura batter because you know, and get them thinking because that's number one where we're working. It's food safety. It's not always life and death, but it can happen. So you want to be super responsible in those moments to know that you know nobody's going to get you know you're going to have a bad day from having some chicken and. um I appreciate like when people have a good head on their shoulders like that. It's my favorite thing for you to be able to tell me something that I didn't think of. I ain't saying a lot about myself, but generally thinking, I'm thinking five, six, ten things ahead. And so, you know, when I'm starting these little stories, I'm starting Mr. Fortune, and then there's Hobbs, and then there's St. Nick, and then there's, right? I don't have any problem with that. I'm multitasking. But some people want it straight and narrow, and then if I come to the kitchen and say, hey, they can't have this because it's a dairy allergy. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. You know, come to find out we make our buns with, you know, and, and it could be anything. So you you got to be watching out because people in the world today want everything to be such a <sighs> compilation is a good word. But they're trying to use too many different variations of things so that they're doing things their own way. Can't have a traditional mix. It's got to have all this weird nonsense and all these crazy ingredients um and so now you have to have more knowledge and it's almost like you got to be a chemist you know to to get through these situations you know it didn't used to be that you had a hamburger that was full of all these other things or an impossible burger which is quite frankly more terrible for you than the burger is Based on all the additives and all the, if you ever looked at the nutritional information of the Impossible Burger, it's very different than an actual meat patty, and I encourage you to compare the two. But um, you know, I try to be a very like man of my word kind of thing, and um, yeah, there's you know, I'm never gonna miss a day of work. It's just what I do, right? But while I'm at work, I never miss an opportunity to. to Say something ironic or funny or whatever it might be. I love that stuff. Love it. Um, Demas. Young man is a wonderful, wonderful guy in the kitchen. His wife is a nurse from, I think, UNC Chapel Hill or something. And wonderful lady, as far as I know. They got great kids. You know, they're, you know, they, a lot of structure and love in that household, to the best of my knowledge. Demas, good guy. And I never saw him get, you know, too upset about anything. And they put those guys under a lot of pressure. And I remember that at some point I needed this. I, it was a. I tried to be super, and I'm I, quite frankly I'm not full of BS. I actually remember that like the details of all these small events sometimes because they're the funny things that lock in my head about you know the defining moments for that person. That person I will never forget. You know, there's other people that I have forgotten throughout my life, and so you ask me like you remember all these other details? Yeah, but I don't. That person ain't ain't gonna be in the the credits when they roll at the end. You know what I'm saying? And so Demas has turned around. And he's doing whatever with this burger, and we're asking him how long, and he ain't gonna tell us nothing. 
Um, he's already kind of giving me the cold shoulder or the finger or something like that. I was like, oh, that's no good. And so I said, demons, you didn't give me no time. Like, like all I need to do is communicate something. Like, how long, man? He's like, oh, I don't know. He throws his arm up. He ain't even turning around to look at me. I'm looking at the back of him. He's throwing his arm up. I pulled my phone out. I said, Demas, that's it. This is going to be the call that's going to change your life. Now, I want you to bear in mind this was in the summer of 2016, so nobody had taken office yet. I pulled my phone out of my pocket and acted like I was dialing it. And he, He's turning around. He's like, huh, what you doing? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm calling my friend. Yes. Hello. Let me speak to Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Demas starts laughing. He said, "Oh, Trump!" He's, he's, and we're we're having a big ball because nobody's. Demas is legally, I don't, you know, whatever. He's married to the girl and they got kids and everything else. Now that may not be the joke of you know the day at where you work. Maybe then the same circumstances don't exist. But he has a tremendous sense of humor. We all were, you know, carrying on about it. Is that offensive to some people that you know? I'm sure that there's some people that that joke ain't going to work on. You know, maybe you got burned by hot coffee, so you don't like to hear any jokes about McDonald's lawsuits, you know, but everybody's very different. So just like I could try to sell something that's got gluten in it to this table over here, maybe I can't sell it to that table over there because they got a gluten allergy. Just stick to what's in your diet and stop trying to tell everybody else what they can use as food for thought. That's a ridiculous way to be. You can't think that. Think what you want. It's one of the beautiful things about what I say. If you want to think Mario is negative, then you think Mario is negative. I don't, and neither do probably several billion people around the world. And uh, people are still playing those games and, and getting a lot of YouTube hits and making crazy money off of it today. And I remember when I first got my Nintendo in the Mr. Gaddy's Pizza uh, reserved room that they had for birthdays back in, I believe, Trying to show my age here, but here's how it was. You know, you work with these characters. Demas was a great guy, you know. I remember Demas always worked with this other guy named Jesse. Jesse's big guy. Uh, I don't really know much about Jesse's background. He had this voice where he could, hurry! <laughs> He'd throw his voice every now and then. And um, I'm not going to say the word, but every now and then, we would be in the kitchen, and I would... Now, I cannot remember how it happened the first time, but I knew how to set it up after that, and it was it was our little inside joke. And you may not think this is a funny inside joke, but I'm going to tell it. And, see, this is where my friends are like, yeah, tell it, what is it? And, and, and so I was doing something in the kitchen where somebody told me the modification that they needed to make. And I turned and said, Jesse, um, and I turned back to the person. I couldn't remember what it was. My mind went blank. He said, huh? Michael, you was going to call me a nigga? And I said, whoa, 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 whoa what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not going to happen. Don't use the word. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, I could, I could tell. And I was saying, he said, I'm just playing with you, Mike. He said, you go with, you go with all of us. I said, Jesse, I said, you know, uh, everybody's good with me. I said, you don't know this, but on my wall in my office is a picture of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. It's a lithograph that my mother gave me when I turned 18, um, I believe. It could have been for Christmas that year, but we got it from um, this kiosk at the mall. 
and and there's certain things that I you know I use all kinds of uh, colorful language um, when people are just cutting up and carrying on, but in in terms of uh, especially when you're at the restaurant you know or or out in public and you're you're just talking and you're trying to you know even incite somebody you just want to fight with somebody. <sighs> certain things that you just you know it's kind of like once you hit somebody once you run over somebody's leg and break it you can't unbreak it you right so so certain things that i just i don't think are worth it i described it the other day as uh you think something's playful to somebody all right and it's kind of like when you're burying your buddy in the sand okay and so you're you keep throwing sand on him and he ain't woke up yet so you throw some more sand on him and now you've killed him that's his body he ain't coming out of that sand and that's kind of what these words do they overwhelm a situation and then you can't take any of the stuff back and then you've got people who are marching and protesting and other people say that oh, that's free speech and it is free speech quite frankly well not that word every word is free speech quite frankly and you it may not be acceptable you can shun people you can shame people those are the consequences that go with that word right but you know there's a lot of people who do some shady things on their taxes. It doesn't mean that it's breaking any of the tax codes. You know, is that a dishonest practice? You would probably think that's an unfair or an unsavory, you know, maybe not an ethical practice. But they're going to look at you and say, no, I can get away with this by law. See, it says free samples. I can eat all the free samples. No, what? Have some dignity, you know? And that's the way I look at it. Like, there's certain things that you can say to people that you're giving away your dignity, you know? And Jesse Wynn was making fun of me. He accused me. I was going to call him something. And it was, I obviously never even thought. Jesse's a good guy. And I don't know. I never really thought that about anybody, to be quite frank with you. I just never occurred to me. My grandmother. And here's a nice story for you. My grandmother was a secretary for some prominent congressmen. And as I was told, she kind of asked about the first kid I ever had a, you know, the guys are hanging out, playing in the yard, we're going to have a sleepover. Kid from daycare, when I was going to Midway Daycare. I, I think it was, it's called Playland Daycare. It was on uh, Smith Road in Midway, North Carolina. And um kid named Bernie Williams was over. Spent the night, went back. Best of my knowledge, Bernie, he lives with his, his parents, and, you know, they're, they're up in D.C. or doing something now. He's got such a common name. I've never tried, really tried to touch base with him. I wouldn't know what he looked like now because that was 33 years ago. It was when I was like five years old. And I've got pictures of him at the birthday party and everything else. He's a black kid who's one of the only black kids at the, neighbor, at the uh, daycare. And he's hanging out with me. Why? Because I don't care. And apparently my you know, my grandmother was like, you know, does Michael, he's hanging out with the black kid. And my mom said, you know, I don't think he cares. <laughs> he's, he's just like, he's enjoying himself. And that's how it's always been through my whole life. I don't, you know, I walk by and I've cut up with people. Nobody's a stranger, right? Everybody's got some kind of story to tell you. Just listen to them like I did with Marcus. I mean, damn, you know, give people your time. Let them, God. I, yeah, okay, here's what I was going to say. Let them throw their balls off of you because I was thinking about the whole analogy you were saying about throwing, playing catch, throwing the ball. <sighs> we're going to have to wrap this podcast up. We've gone too far. Ruining my, <laughs> we're ruining my spotless reputation right here by saying that uh, you need to be a sounding board for anybody around you. Yes, you should. You should be part of the community. You should, you know, have fun with people. 
Now, should you shame anybody? No, not, I don't believe in none of that crap. If you don't want to talk to them, don't talk to them. But this the thing where you try to change the public image of them. Or, if you have criminal charges you need to file against somebody or something like that, that's that's between you and them and the courts. This other nonsense where you try to you know put them on as the as the kids say, put them on blast. You know, hell with that stuff. So anyway, that's my. My list of stories for the day, and I got through like two things out of all the stuff that's written down. I've got some some interesting episodes that I, I really am looking forward to. Well, I'm, I'd like to get them out of the way. I'm looking forward to getting them out of the way. They're not going to be pleasant to record because my personality is its own thing, and I've come to realize that I don't have a great emotional base or understanding with a lot of things that happen. I'm a very math and science, as I've said before, guy, and I I go by the book, and I... I just, you know, I, a lot of times it's what you're feeling does not outweigh the, the logic or the truth or the, the information that's right in front of us. So I, I I can't stop for your feelings, right? Like, that doesn't change the facts. Well, you know, many folks would like for you to slow down and kind of just let those people go at their own pace and, you know, let, let them accept it. And I'm like, no, this is the truth. This is the way it is. And And Dan, thank you for putting that, cadence in my head oh uh, my friend mr fuji uh is the one who's we used to work at the, <laughs> the brinker together and all the time like we would just be messing with each other with all these inside jokes oh the best and it's it, that little cadence right there comes from me and him he's he'll always be like somebody i'll carry with me in my vernacular box in my in my toolbox for language you know i'm, I'm gonna say these things like that for the rest of my life i have no doubt and my sons do some of this stuff now, too. It's one of my favorite things in the world is my son, Jonathan. So we'll, we'll, something will occur, will happen, and he'll go, That's mean, Dad. So I'm going to leave you with my one of my favorite restaurant stories. I'm working uh, in a drive-thru in downtown Winston. It's, it ain't downtown Winston, but it's still not. It's where we're in Old Road. is. Wake Forest University is known worldwide. It's just where Wake Forest University is. I'm the only white guy in the whole store, uh, the only one on the roster. And I'm, you know, I'm in there and I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to come up with something funny. And I'm at home, but like, I need my, I need to carve out a little, like, this is my personality. I need a nickname and I need, you know, reputation. And, you know, this is going to be me. Well, I proposed to somebody that they wash my car or clean something or whatever because they were like, hey, you need anything before I go? And I was like, yeah, there's my car right out there if you want to detail it or whatever. And they're like, I ain't doing that. And I said, that's mean. And they were like, what? Whatever. And so later on, um, I was back. You know, we're counting the drawers in the office. And I'll, I'll never forget his name. because Ronald Jones. Well, Ron Jones. I said I wouldn't tell names on the podcast. That's a fake name. His name wasn't really Ron Jones. But uh, Mr. Jones was sitting in the office, and uh, the drawer came up, I don't know, a buck 50 over or whatever it might have been. I said, oh, that's my money. He said, no. He said, that's KFC's money. And I said, that's mean. He said, what? He said, that's mean. And so a little bit later... We were getting ready to leave, and uh, he said um, to Travis, who was working with us, he said, Travis, 
you go out and he said, you, you getting ready to, you going to go on out there? He said, you take my keys and start my truck up for me and keep it warm for me? Travis was like, I ain't doing that. He said, that's me. <laughs> and that's where, it, that's where it kicked off. Uh, and today, and there's people around me who know the that's mean thing. It happens in the restaurant I work in. I don't know if it happens in any places I left, but I know that my kids say it. Uh, Mrs. Soulmate. I know her her daughter says it because I've spent so much time around her. She said, that's mean, Michael. <laughs> it's the most flattering thing. I love it. So I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed yourselves. And uh, I'll get back. I'll get to some of these more serious topics about like emotional disconnection. And then I've got another couple of pages of notes to do for uh, the very popular dating episode that I did. I'm going to follow up on that one. But I hope you guys are having a beautiful uh, night, day, whatever, as you're getting the chance to listen to me. If you want to like or subscribe, all the, you gotta know, you know the deal. Subscribe, you share it, you put it on your Facebook feed, whatever you do. It's up to you. But I appreciate uh, your time, that's for sure. And I look forward to hearing from you if you want to reach out. But I will speak to you again very, very soon. Mm-hmm.